the shortstop carousel keeps on turning, and the great Ahmed debate never ends. All on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, Romans, countrymen, lend us your ears and, you know, maybe your YouTubes as well. Uh, I'm Jeff Ellis, one of the two hosts here of Locked On Guardians. Uh, we're going to get into the news in the first half of the show today. It'll be a lot of, uh, lot of stuff's happening, not necessarily huge news, but there is a lot to cover. Uh, we're going to get into a, another secret poll from MLB.com, and uh, we're going to be handling some middle infield prospects. Well, not physically handling them, but discussing them on the show today. Uh, Justin, thoughts, reactions, like feelings. I would like to background. avoid physically. I would like to physically avoid handling middle infielders as well. Just uh, I like to rank them, but I want to stay as far away from them as possible. Uh, yes, co-host of the show with you, and uh, sometimes writer, frequent tweeter. Although I have to say, I I feel like I'm at the point of the off season where I have um, like off season fatigue. Like I know that there's not a lot of moves that are going to be happening for Cleveland at this point. And I think all the major moves that have happened in the baseball offseason are probably done. So like, I'm at the point where I want to watch games again. I want to get into spring training. Like I just have this off season, like fatigue where I'm done with it. It's January. I hate January. And I just want baseball. Like the off season is pretty much over for all intents and purposes. And I need the sport to itself to come back. Remember we had that comment like early on, someone was like, Oh, you two, you two love the off season more than that, even the regular season. And I'm like, I like the off season. Uh, like till the end of December, once Christmas gets here and most of the moves have been made, I'm like, I'm done with it. Like it's fine. And then, and then we get to January and I, I need, I need the sport back. I can't have just off season fatigue all the time. It's too much. It's just kind of boring right now, right? Like that's, that's, that's laid out there. It's a little bit boring as a baseball fan. Uh, if you're like, who is the best free agent left? I'd probably be like Elvis Andrews. Uh, like right. it, it's, it's, there's not even anything all that interesting left to discuss in free agency. Uh, the Brian Reynolds trade, let's be honest, probably isn't going to happen. Uh, I mean, outside of the inevitable, I'm, I'm going to call for it daily, like Pablo Lopez to the twins for yeah. again, like Luis Arez, one of the left-handed hitting outfielders and one more guy, uh, maybe two of the left-handed hitting outfielders. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, like that's that's, that's going to be the next move, and that's probably going to slow down at that point. Uh, yeah, it, it's it is what it is. Let's discuss the trade of the day, unless uh, I'm blanking on anyone. Uh, you know, we talked about a few times on the show that I thought Rojas would get traded for the Marlins, that they were kind of set up, and he did get traded. And I saw a lot of people react that, wow, you know, why did this 33 year old guy who can't hit, he got a uh, 15th best prospect in the Dodger system by MLB. And he's a what they got was a utility infielder. Like, let's not make a like the Dodgers system is good, and Jacob Amaya could be a starter type, but like most people are like, he's a utility player. He's they got Ty Freeman, you know, they got basically Ty Freeman for him. And again, Ty Freeman's value is not very high right now just because of he's in a weird limbo between prospect and not similar to Amaya. So, before you get too hot and bothered that a shortstop got traded. They got Ty Freeman. 
which again, I don't want to knock him, but he's kind of more of a utility profile right now. And number two, I don't think the Dodgers would have had any interest in Ahmed Rosario. They clearly wanted defense. Rojas mm-hmm. and Rosario are polar opposites. Both are basically one-year deals. Anyone trading for Rosario knows they're not probably not keeping him. So they wanted defense. And if the Dodgers are going to have him as a starting shortstop, which could happen, it means they just didn't trust Gavin Lux as a shortstop, which means they definitely don't want a below average shortstop in Rosario. So I hate to be this guy again, but like this had nothing to do with Cleveland. It does give us a little bit of a baseline because Rosario should have slightly better value. So Mm -hmm. maybe like, you know, in a good system, he nets you a back of the top 10 prospect. Again, that's why I still, I just rather trade him for a draft pick. Like I'd rather figure out a way, you know, if there's a team that needs it or do some kind of three teamer. If you're going to kick the can down the road, really kick the can down the road. And I am still, to the end of time, I want to see a team target those comp picks. I want to see a team really go out there and add like three million to their pool and be able to buy, you know, a Cam Collier by just going out and adding picks. I think it's you can get those things so cheaply, and then you can end up with you know a top ten talent because you you bought three. You know, you you can't buy them outright, but you can. They're not that value. You know, they're a lower value individually. Reminds me of a great game called Guillotine. If you haven't played it, it's a, it's a fun one. Card game. Recommend it. You know, got my games over there. If you get one Royal Guard, it's worth one point. You get two, they're each worth two. You get three, they're each worth three. Or is it exponential? It's been a while since I played. But it's the same idea with these draft picks. So hopefully someday someone will agree with me and I can see if my my strategy worked or not. But <laughs> uh, Rojas, does this affect? I mean, now the Red Sox have to trade for Rosario based on our comments. Yeah, right. No, I think I think you said it best yesterday. I think that um, it makes a lot of sense for the Red Sox just to go after Elvis Andrews and do it that way. I mean, I mean, the Red Sox could you could argue that the Red Sox are going to go after two middle infielders because um, I don't I don't see how you want to start one of I don't see how you want to start Hernandez at second and then also deal with Christian Arroyo as well. So I think the better idea is to have Hernandez in center field for them and then figure out second base and let Arroyo not don't trust him. But I don't know. I feel like the Red Sox aren't, aren't serious about this season. So it doesn't really matter, but uh, and, Andrews makes a ton of sense for them. I, we, we talked at length yesterday and in previous shows that the Red Sox system is not good right now. I mean, the top, the top of the system is not bad, but the uh, like beyond like the top five, it's pretty rough and it's a bottom five system. Likely it's bad. Well, yeah. Cause they have, I mean, you have Meyer, you have is Brian Bio still a prospect? Like I like him a little bit. Um, yeah, Cassis is still a prospect. Prospect. Yeah, like okay, so like the top, like and then Sedan Raffaella. Uh, yeah, York. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So beyond those Romero. five guys, like it's it's okay. So yeah, you've got five or six guys that are interesting, and even Romero, I don't think has a lot of value yet. No, and and um, York had a kind of a dud down here. Yeah, so they don't they don't have much to trade. They have their two stuff, the two guys they really like and in uh, Meyer and maybe Cassis, but like they don't have any to deal. So if I were them, I wouldn't bother trading the little they have to get about Rosario, just sign Elvis Andrews and say, okay, maybe, maybe sign Josh Harrison to like a minor league deal. I don't know, but and you can uh, get, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, no, I think, I think you're right. The Rojas deal does give you a little peek at um, what Rosario's trade value could be. If you chose to go that route, um, and the Red Sox have to probably overpay just because they don't have they don't have the Dodgers depth. Like for I think the I know I know we both agree that um, Amaya is 
probably a backup, but it's a good trade for a guy like Rojas. Like the Marlins are getting a guy with a prospect who could basically fill Rojas's role for the next six years, and they traded away one season of Rojas. So that's fine. They did good for that. But, you know, I would agree that Rosario is the exact opposite of Rojas where it's um, – although you could even say they're not even total opposites. Like Rojas has a ton of defensive value. Rosario is a league average bat and a below average defender. So I would almost argue that Rojas's defense is better than Ahmed's offense. And then obviously Rosario's defense is, is horrid. And um, what is Rojas offensively at this point? Is he like, uh, a, it's even more horrid. I mean, he's, he's a pretty bad offensive player. Yeah. And, and he's going to be, well, he is not, he's not going to be a backup. He's going to start at shortstop, but yeah, it's pretty ugly. He's had a, he's had some good years in the past. He has. He's had, and he's like a huge. I mean, everyone loves him. Good teammate type. Yeah, um, that will do well for the Dodgers. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I just don't. I don't see. I don't see Rosario trade. I want to. I want to throw some data at you. So here's one player. Are you ready? Uh, a 105 runs created plus a two four two forty nine average three oh three on base four oh four slugging, uh, six point one defensive runs saved. And a total uh, war of F4 of 3.5. I'm going to cough. Sorry. And then our second player uh, had a runs created plus of 103. So two lower. Batting average, 203. 312 on base, 403 slugging. Negative 2.2 runs saved and a 2.4 war. So worth uh, 1.1 war less. Uh, about nine points higher in on base and identical slugging. Which player do you want? Uh, I will take player A, please. You just chose Elvis Andrews over Ahmed Rosario. You can probably sign at a cheaper contract. So why yeah. would you trade for Ahmed? Like they're they are very similar players, and Andrews was better last year. So why? And yeah, so. If, if you're like, why did the Dodgers not just sign him? Well, the one thing with trading Jacob Amaya was that was a one-for-one 40-man situation. So mm-hmm. if they wanted an upgrade, they would have probably had to cut Amaya to do that. So they were in a, right. a hard situation. So that's why that happens. The Red Sox don't have that problem. Depth is not an issue in Boston. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, before And, yeah, it, it's a situation that literally – Let's see, Elvis Andrews, again, I know he didn't have the batting average and people get very excited about batting average or, or total hits. I'm sure that, that'll be because, you know, he only ended I mean, up with he will not be hitting hits. He will not be. If, if the Red Sox sign Andrews, he will not be hitting first or second in that lineup. No. So he will not get the amount of plate appearances to collect those hits. Cat. Unless, unless they, play the, they, play the, they play Cleveland and they should just hit him first every time because obviously he'll get on base. Yes. Uh, but no, that's just to my point. It's like, why, why would it? There's no reason you would do that trade. Um, do you want to? What? Uh, why don't you handle the next news story? Uh, oh, the poll. I was just gonna. Uh, we can. We can probably mention this at the end too. I was. Gonna I thought uh, you were gonna talk about the coaching change. Or the coaching. Oh promotion. yeah, for the Royals. Yeah, this this is not really a, a Cleveland specific story, uh, but I, I thought it was interesting. So the Royals have a new director of hitting performance, uh, whatever that means. Uh, these titles all seem like they're kind of like whose line is it anyway. They're just promoting. They're just trying to create new titles that sound good. So they don't lose guys to their positions. Um, but the Royals new director of hitting performance is Drew Saylor, who um, is a Barberton, Ohio native and a uh, Kent state alum. And he also played for the Lake area crushers for a little bit, but uh, 
a lot of people within the system for the Royals and a lot of fans that I know that are not, I should say writers, fans uh, that have a good idea of what's going on with their system. He, he gets a lot of credit for guys like um, Vinny Pasquatino and yeah, Nick Prado and um, Nate Eaton, some other prospects that have really kind of broken out with them. He gets a little bit, a lot of credit for those guys. Even, I know it's a team approach, but uh, he's kind of the, the guy people point at is, being an influence in the uh, as, as a coach. So uh, a guy I would expect to hear a lot more about in the coming years is, uh, is a Drew, Drew Saylor. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he is like somebody's hitting coach, manager, director of player development, or AGM at some point. I don't know, but uh, the Royals have had success with position player prospects recently. So uh, I, I do like their position player prospect group. So um you know, now he's going to have a lot bigger role with everything in that system. So that could potentially make them better. They just need to find a pitching version because obviously their pitching development is, uh, well, it's bad. I don't, I don't know how, how, how to put that nicer, but it's bad. It is, uh, it has sailed away with itself to off, off the flatter. I see what you did Kyrie there. Irving. I see what you did there. Right there. Um, let's take our first, uh, before we get into when you're starting to reveal there, we're going to talk about some interesting, again, inside baseball scouts and the like who they think are the best at drafting, developing uh, hitters, pitchers, all that fun stuff. But first we're going to take a quick first. We're going to, we'll be back. I'm wow. That was ugly. Worst transition ever. 340, 1343. Mark it down in the comments below. Uh, I also surprised by how many people in the comments below hate snow uh, in all forms. Uh, but we're going to talk about that in a moment on today's Locked On Guardians. But let's talk about our good friends at Built Bar. And I call them good friends because uh, they've gotten a lot of my money over the years because it is a product I enjoy. It is a product I buy. It is a product I use. You can now get it at Walmart. You can get it at Sam's Club. Uh, it's a fantastic product. But And we're, we're talking about that mostly in the ad read. But I got to tell you also, it doesn't hurt to go to BuiltBar.com because right now everything is 15% off site-wide. They've added a brownie batter puff. They are raising the bar on chocolate right now. I am tempted to order that one myself. I would actually recommend what is currently on sale, uh, a 18 puff variety box over at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 because it's 15% off. Then guess what happens? You get the other 15%. So you're getting 30% off. Or uh, I think it's actually, it's not, it might be additive. You might get 15% off and then 15% off. So... Uh, I would recommend that one. The churro coconut brownie batter. Sounds that's a great combo to me. That would be my number one recommendation. Um, I do like the granola, but I'm not a big fan of the white chocolate one, which they have. Oh, this is the peanut butter and coconut combo. So it's not the white chocolate one. So that would be a good one to check out. Um, I also like just the 12 mixed is pretty solid flavors in that one. Uh, if you want to try some puffs, you want to try some granola, you're not sure what you like, go check out the 12 mix box. All 15% off right now. And then promo code LOCK15 to save another 15% at BuiltBar.com. Polls, polls. Everywhere is polls. And I don't mean that as some kind of getting myself in trouble statement. <laughs> Let's not go there. Uh, no, um, another another poll today of the uh, MLB execs over MLB Pipeline. This was the uh, last one, right? I Yes, it is. So... 
who has the best farm system in baseball? The Guardians um, only also received votes. They did not get one of the highest receiving votes. Baltimore got 50% of the votes. It doesn't say how many people are voting. So who knows? But the, the Orioles dominated. Oh, they said four? No, I'm teasing because there's like oh. eight for each one. So there's no way it's four. Oh, yeah. Each one had like 10 things. So no, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. being, a, I'm just being a jerk. That's all. The, uh, so the Orioles got uh, 50%. Not a shock, really, truthfully. They have a lot of high-end no, prospects. They're, and then... they're really good. And they, yeah, they yeah. should be a fun year to be an Orioles two. fan. Cardinals three, Diamondbacks four. And then, I don't know, I, I could argue that Cleveland is better than the Diamondbacks. Um, I wouldn't personally. That's just me, though. I get. I mean, because Corbin Carroll still counts. Okay, and they still, yeah. you know, and and then what they added last year, even with Andrew Jones's injury, but I've always been very high on the D backs. Like I would probably put the D backs second personally. That's that's just my crazy talk. I don't think I could ever drop the Dodgers below like two or three, just because their system's always loaded with somebody interesting. And it is. I, I just they feel spend that... a lot of money in the international market, and they they draft well. So it speaking is. of drafting, like the Dodgers drafting well. Oh, good transition. Yeah, they uh, they were voted as drafting the best. The Guardians were in the also received vote category as well, which, yeah, I, I guess they, they... Okay, they're behind the Dodgers, the Orioles, the Cardinals, the Braves, and the Reds, and then in a group with the Astros, Diamondbacks, Mets, Padres, and Rays. I don't know. That's like half a baseball right there. Yeah. Like, And, like, honestly, the Reds, you know, if you've listened to the show... Uh, okay, so the last two years and they've had a lot of high picks they've been good but they were kind of an abomination the last decade so if you're running you're going to look at two years out of the last five where you look at all i mean they picked in the top 10 for the better part of a decade and got like two regulars out of it that's yeah i mean it's some definitely some recency bias one can also argue like a lot of the braves picks have not worked out at all uh but they've you know it it's more the later picks. It's guys like Harris and Spencer Strider, where I think they're getting credit for those picks while people are ignoring when the first rounders haven't worked out or when they just flip those first rounders. So I, I think it, it is, it's weird. Cause it doesn't feel like it's an inside baseball one. And it feels more like, Oh fans like, Hey, the Braves got these guys internally. It's like, well, they hit right. on those, those late round, not late round, but they hit on those day two picks. Now imagine how good they'd be if they hit on the day one ones. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of value in, in hitting on those day two picks, but yeah. you're spending a lot of time and effort on those day ones. And um, when you spend that kind of money, you want to have something to show for it. Internationally, uh, Cleveland did get 6% of the vote for who, who, which team plays the international market better than any others. Uh, Astros, Dodgers, and Yankees ahead of them. Not really a shock, truthfully. That feels about right. Then the class with the Nationals, the Padres, and the Reds. Padres the have Nationals done a good job with the international market. I don't know. A lot of it's probably what Juan Soto, right? Yeah, the Robles. That's, that's, no, like, Victor Robles is not. Robles is bad. That's that shouldn't count. I know, it should be a but like he, he was. I mean, he's a starter, and he was. I mean, he was the hyped prospect. Don't forget it. Robles was the big name. Soto was the was the also ran. So I don't know. But he's bad. He is bad. No, they I agree. He's he's he's, uh, he's a poor man's Miles Straw. I mean, that's, honestly, yeah, he's. He's no better than Michael A. Taylor. Like those yeah. are the base of the same player. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get like when you sign somebody and you get into the major leagues, that's 
no, you know, no matter what, that's a win for your farm system. If they, if you can promote a guy to the majors, but uh, the guy's not really adding a line. I know he's good defensively, but man, what a, what but a I can't, so, I mean, that's, it's a team so bereft of talent that it just, it was it a weird is. one to me. Yeah. So they're there. Uh, most underrated farm system. The guardians got an also vote. Uh, also received votes. The Cardinals got the top one. I don't know that I think the Cardinals are underrated because Jordan Walker's pretty darn good. Tink Hens is a pretty big name. And uh, then Gordon uh, I, had the big year. Yeah. I, I don't see that was underrated, but that's fine. No. Um, I don't see the Brewers <laughs> underrated either. I know we, we were yeah, discussing I, that before we started recording. You know, I, I like I think the it's Brewers. a little. The Brewers have always been my National League team, so. Like, I, I've always followed them, so I kind of know. But, like, the Orioles underrated? The yeah, Yankees was, underrated? Like, those on. ones. Those are the two biggest, like, you got to be bleeping. bleeping I can name right? I can name five. I, I Maybe I'm the wrong audience, but I can name five Yankees prospects without even blinking. Well, um, I, can, I could not. I don't know if I could name five Angels prospects, though. They're on, the Angels are on the list, so I don't know if they yeah. deserve to be. No, they don't. That is, it's, it's a... It's a weak set. Like that six percent group is weird. Like that six percent group is very weird to me because it's like, yeah, yeah, the Angels. How are the? They got Logan O'Hoppy is their number one prospect who they got at last year's deadline. Like that's not a super deep system. It's not even full of that many interesting guys. Uh, you no. know, the Brewers. We had our debate. The Orioles aren't underrated because unless you're they're like, no, this is a they're the best. Unless you're like, this is the greatest farm system of all time, and we're misjudging <laughs> it. Then I guess you're right. That's and so the Yankees weird. are always the the overhyped. Like, and I say that as someone who loved Ken Waldachuk, who got traded, and I go, that is not an underpay because I think that was a good get by Oakland. But like, they get so much overhyped. Like their process. I mean, Miguel Andrewars and Clint Frazier's uh, of the world feel like you know they expect those to turn into Juan Soto in a trade. So I, yeah, I, that's that's an odd one. Would you like to know what, um, what prospect of grouping they fell into number one at they came in number one at in terms of farm system uh, let's see uh place votes. most uh best dressed farm system best dressed farm system i don't know uh that was not voted on but they uh hoard prospects the most that and this is this is a wide wide gap like yeah the guardians got 32 percent of the votes the next closest team was the Rays at 15%, which those are absolutely the two teams that should be at the top. But wow, they got double the votes of the next place team. I, I do you think this is a bad thing to be in first place on, or is it, is it, would that be reading too much into it? No, I think you're reading enough into it. It's, it's Cleveland. Cleveland sets a price. They don't move off it and they rarely trade their own. So yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what it says. And, and, and the description is, um, this shouldn't be seen as a slight because, it's a recognition that some teams hold on to prospects more than others, which is true. It says the Guardians need to rely on their farm system to compete because they're more likely to hold on to their prospects rather than use top ones to bring in big league talent. But um, that seems like both ends of the spectrum to me. Like, yeah, they need the draft to promote, to get guys and to get guys to the majors. Same with the international free agents, but they also, your the other half of that is your farm system supposed to help you bring in big league talent and, they just don't do that. So I don't know. This to me is probably not a list you want to be number one on. I'm just going to say the Rays I, aren't like, here's their list. Rays are on there. They are not afraid to make trades. Um, sometimes the Cardinals are on there. They make some trades. 
the Rockies are on there, but the Rockies never have prospects to hoard because they stink. So that's weird. Um, the Cardinals are kind of selective, though. Like, right? Like, I mean, they were like, no, we're not trading anyone. We're going to sign a free agent. They have a few other ways. Yeah, I mean, they are. Listen, Cleveland is the ultimate prospect hugging front off front office. We know that. Yeah, but just... but on the next category, they were number one uh, by a one... large margin. Again, so this I was is... going through. I think that's the largest margin. This is this it next is. section is the. Uh, is it? Yes, it's the largest margin oh, yeah. in this entire survey uh, of any 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 of these categories. By uh, not by far, it, it beats it by three percentage points. But it is it, this is one they absolutely dominate. Yeah, they're forty six percent. They got forty six percent of the votes uh, for which team develops pitchers the best. And the next closest was the Dodgers at eleven percent. Um, and I would say that's a high compliment because. The Dodgers have a lot of good pitching prospects. Like, you know, they've they graduated, let's see, Walker Bueller, um Dustin Tony May, Gons- Dustin May, Gonsolin, Tony Gonsolin, uh, Julio Urias. Julio Urias, and they have I mean, uh, Bobby Miller staff. and Gavin they don't Stone. Really trade. Yeah. yeah. And they yeah, they trade well. So I, I for them to be that far ahead of the Dodgers is impressive to me. The next uh, ahead of the Astros seems, seems fair to a degree, but like Again, the Yankees being at six is a joke because they haven't developed a starter since Luis Severino. Uh, right. They've not been able to develop anyone to help themselves. I don't get that at all. The Cubs have been horrible at pitcher development. Awful. Awful. I mean, they have nothing at all. Cardinals have been solid. I, the, the Mariners recently have been okay. And the Phillies have been atrocious uh, outside yeah, of Andrew Painter. It's like, yeah. and then we don't have the Brewers anywhere on this list who are one of the top five teams right. at pitcher development. Like, uh, it's weird. Here, here's who I would give you my top five I'm, based on this list. I would go Guardians, Dodgers, Astros, Marlins, um, Cardinals, and then maybe Mariners and Rays. Like mm. that's seven, but that's I would put all those uh, teams see, in front I, of. What's the interesting Yankees. is the Astros have done some very good things. I'm not quite willing to put them there because, like, again, they've been driven by trades and free agents kind of as the stars until this past year yeah, and even then it's yeah. but they've developed good guys but then their pen has also been like outsourced as well so like to me it's like guardians dodgers i would say rays third and then i probably go marlins then astros and then like i said with an asterisk that the brewers should probably be five with the astros six yeah but i mean to me the there's an elite six there. teams the mariner i mean who have they outside of the the recent big two everything else has been external that's true. I, I do like the guys they have coming though. They I don't do, like Kirby. But it's I like, like they, they they don't have anything until recently. It's just been yeah. like everything has been external with them. They've you know gone into free agency and trades and and the like. Um, but that's why like again the, the the Brewers with like they fixed Eric Lauer. They got Burns and Woodruff, Peralta. Um, yeah. You know Devin Williams, Josh Hay. It's like how are the Brewers not nah, because they don't deal. have anything currently? I mean, like I, I don't guess. know. It feels. There's like a lot of recency their, bias, but their system is a little bit light pitching wise right now. But yeah, but, but it's like, it's, it's not, it's about who does it the best, not who's doing it the best mm-hmm. in 2022. I guess that's my, my dislike of some of this feels like high recency bias with all of it, but before, I'm going to cut you off. Cause we still got more to talk about, but we should take a break here at this point in the show. And we're going to come back and get into, Hey, another category that the guardians are number one on. So you're going to want to tune in or no, maybe not number one, but very high. On Stay today's tuned. episode of Lockdown Guardians. 
Okay. Are we going to fit all of this in under the audio version? That is the, well, that's, we can save. I was going to say, there's one more thing we can mention in passing. That's the arbitration yes. uh, deadline is Friday. So this is that. our, this is our last show for the week. Uh, we'll be back on Monday, but uh, Friday is the arbitration deadline to swap numbers with uh, players. Uh, the dates to hear the, have the hearings. It's not for a little bit, not for another month or so, but um, tomorrow, to Friday is the deadline. So Cleveland has not agreed to terms with anybody. Um, they let go of Luke Maley and they, uh, they DFA goes and brought him back on a minor league deal. So Rosario at 9 million is the projection. Bieber 10.7 is the projection. Cal Quantrill 6 million projection. Josh Naylor 3.5. Zach Poisak 2.9. Aaron Savali 2.2. And James Karen Chak 1.4. Those are all the MLB trade rumors projections, which they're usually pretty close. So, uh, for the besides aggregating news, that is the best thing they do. Agreed. Uh, so I kind of lied before the break. Uh, it's they're ranked in these other ones, but they're they're, they're not number one. But I think this first one is going to be a surprise to people that they got any votes at all because it's been viewed as kind of a bugaboo for them for a long time, and that's developing the best hitters. Where were they ranked in that? I didn't even see the poll. Uh, well, uh, which team develops the best hitters? Uh, this is the one that had the second largest gap. The Dodgers got 43%, followed by the Astros. And I would a- actually argue the Astros might be better at hitter development than pitcher development. That's another argument for another day, though. And then you have tied at 6%. Braves, Cardinals, Cubs, Orioles, Rays, and Rockies. I The Rockies there might be the most mind-blowing thing on this entire chart. Like... <laughs> the Rockies are not good at developing anything. I mean, are they, they counting like Charlie Blackman. Like, I don't know. Like from 10 years ago, Brendan Rogers is turning into a good story, but like that is a team that is devoid of talent uh, and has been, I mean, Every, that is just everywhere. And and I would argue the Cubs development hasn't been the, the greatest thing either. Like the there's, uh, I feel like uh, someone for the Cubs just like re- uh, voted themselves for everything on this. Um, but the Rockies are, are definitely the one you're like, what do, do they mean? Like that they just develop hitters because it's Colorado. So they must like, you know, this, um, how, but... <laughs> how far back are they considering in this poll? Like maybe they're like, Oh, well, they did develop Todd Helton at one time. So like, remember, when Vinny, Castillo, <laughs> remember when Vinny Castillo went from like a backup to a starter. Um, yeah, they're good. That's good. for <laughs> The Rockies. Uh, yeah, not since like Andres uh, Galarraga was really good for the Rockies. You remember? Oh man, Dante Pichette was a great hitter yeah. in Colorado. Yeah, wasn't uh, Charlie Hayes with the Rockies? We'll, just keep, we'll keep naming Rockies. Also, um, also um, Oakland being on this list. Yes, also um, receiving votes. I mean, I think hitter wise, you, you look at what they've done. It's like Loriano, Murphy, Olson. I don't have a problem with Oakland here. Oakland has okay. struggled with the pitching side, so I think it makes more sense that they've been better with hitters. Uh, they've just sense. not been good with their some of their trades and first round picks. And I would and, also question the Yankees too, because like none of their players are homegrown. No. Like no, except like, are you just counting Aaron Judge here? I mean, there, there's Aaron Judge, and um, do you count Gleyber Torres? Because I mean, I guess they got him as a minor leaguer. I mean, he was pretty young when they got him from the Cubs, but. It's not like he has all been, you know, 
sunshine and and all-star games and it's been a lot of weight given here to like as as well as well it feels a lot like hey the yankees jason dominguez yes like last year uh anthony volpe it's yeah it feels i don't know it feels weird there and then in that also receiving votes you have the padres who again are weird because i think they're actually terrible at all aspects of development and that's why they keep trading all their prospects instead of using them to help their team and then the guardians got votes so that's surprising, uh, but good. I mean, they're starting to have that pipeline go. It's like, if you look at the team now, it's like Jose, Quan, um, you know, Oscar. They actually had quite a few this past Brennan, year and then more on Naylor, the, yeah. yeah, on the, so I can make sense of that. And then who's the best, this is the weirdest category. Who is the best at developing sleeper prospects? And the Dodgers are one. Uh, and there might be people out there like, what? But, Ryan Papai was that I was that, you know, he was like a second, third round pick. Dustin May was the lowest signing bonus in the ninth round. He was a five K senior sign. Like they do find some guys that were not, you know, uh, we, we sometimes Gavin stone was a pick that I gave them cred for. Like there, there's some degree of that. Like, you know, they, the Astros are two. I don't know about that. Like all of their players are, they're not really off the beaten track. Like, I, I mean, maybe you give him credit for Pena, but I still feel like he was a second round pick. Maybe I, you know, it's like uh, Tucker and, and Bregman were top 10 picks. Like mm-hmm. they, I, Correa was, yeah. Correa. I, they don't like, who's the real. Altuve was underrated. That was about it. Yeah. But it was, it was very much a size issue for, I remember yeah. as he was coming up, like I was a big fan of his, uh, for that. And if you want to make a case for like the pitching staff having been, you know, not properly rated like Javier and Framber, Urquai, Garcia, that's fair. So I, I get it to a minor degree. Um, when you look at the Cardinals, I'm like, again, that feels like large newt bar inflation, which I right. mean, yeah. if you listen to the show last year, I was saying, Oh, the guardian should try to trade for Lars newt bar. Cause he's got interesting data and he's blocked. Um, you know, now, now he's, now everyone loves him, but, uh, yeah, it feels like kind of that, like, you know, Tommy Edmond was, has, has outperformed, I think position there, there's some of it, but the, they've also just done a really good job of developing high picks and mm-hmm. those guys being successful next up are the guardians. And I think the part of this is like, look, Stephen Kwan was never a top 100 prospect. Neither was Bieber. Neither was Jose Ramirez. Um, you know, they, they, they do a lot of that. The guys can kind of come from quote unquote nowhere and turn into stars. And then you have the Braves. And I think that's fair with the Braves, Spencer Strider, Michael Harris. Those weren't again, those they, they've had more success almost developing their day twos than their day one picks. Mariners. I, I don't like Ty France is their best story. That was a trade with the Padres. A lot of it has been their high picks or their, their traded prospects. Uh, the Rays make some sense. And then the last two, the Twins and the Royals. Um, the Royals just aren't good at development. <laughs> it's like Vinny Pascutino. I mean, they've started to have it this past year when we talked about in segment one. But uh, I've talked enough. Have at this weird sleeper list. It's 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 a very weird list. I don't know. I, I don't I don't say on the Twins list. It's like a sleeper either because like Byron Buxton was a huge pick. Nick Gordon was a huge pick. Uh, Royce Lewis was a huge pick. Like I don't I don't know. I don't see these guys being sleepers everybody else to a degree i guess like the and the even to go further the dodgers they 
they wasted one of their sleeper picks in Clayton Beater by trading for Joey Gallo. Like that was a huge mistake to trade for Joey Gallo to, to give up Clayton Beater. So yeah, it's an interesting list. I was but, shocked. Yeah. And I, I really, I, I don't know if Clayton Beater's a starter, but I really liked him, but um, the guardians do belong on this list. So that's good. And I don't know. There was some, there was definitely some interesting voting, but uh, I don't know. Something good to talk about. And uh, the guardians definitely, this was probably the best they did because they. The funny part is, if when we talked about the first couple polls, like who's the top pitching prospect, who's the top hitting prospect, who has the best tools, the only only team only guy on the team that got any votes was Daniel Espino. Like none of the other prospects in their system got votes for anything in any of these lists. Uh, pitchability so, to Tanner Bybee. Oh, I'm sorry, Tanner Bybee. Yeah, you're right. So that was it. But um, for that being the only guys that got like votes of any kind. They showed up a lot on today's poll with, you know, who develops the best hitting prospects, who develops the best pitching prospects, who hoards the most prospects, which we know that is true, and um, who develops the best sleeper prospects. Like, they they showed up on a lot of lists, but none of their prospects got votes really for any of the major prospect categories specific to prospects. Like, that was a, I don't know, a very weird juxtaposition that, hey, they're good at developing teams or players, but I don't know, just let's say, like, they're, they're good at developing good players, but they're not good at developing stars. Cause I feel like the other polls were a lot about stars and who could be stars. And this is more about producing underrated players. I don't know. It's, it's weird how they showed up on one and not the other, I guess. Could it be that, um, the star of their system is the system. And the front office and the, the coaching that the just all the you know the the what well, is that's what I mean. The star is the the system itself and not the outlying pieces. Yeah, like Dan, like Daniel Spino is the only guy they consider to have star potential because I guess you know if he stays healthy and can start, yes, he is a, a all star potential. I don't know that anybody else in the system has that level in them. This is why a lot of places have him ranked number one, but. Um, yeah, I think it's a lot of prospects that have that are better some of their parts prospects than the individual tool, I guess. Like that's what I feel like about Tyler Freeman and like Will Brennan. Like I feel like the sum of their the sum of their parts is better than any individual tool they have. I don't know. Uh that's, and then how much of that is like I mean they've been so darn good. They haven't had a pick what 16th is their lowest pick this past year in like almost a decade. And then they, they don't believe in like putting all your money in one place internationally. So they signed several good players. So sometimes, you know, they, they end up with more of that well-rounded approach just by the nature of having been really good. And they don't tank for picks either. Yeah. And, and they don't tear it all down. Like, mm-hmm. so it's it, like I said, I think, last year's draft was the highest they've picked since probably since they took Will Benson. Was it Clint Frazier? Wasn't he a high one? And he was high. Yeah. I mean, he was, but that was was before before. Benson. Yeah. Yeah. But Benson, I want to say was like the 12th pick in the draft. I want to say that was like, or it was like an early teens and they have not picked in the early teens since Will Benson, which I mean, at this point was what seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah, It's been a good run for sure. We should end the audio version of the show. I, sorry, I was looking at this list, so I kind of lost track of time here. Uh, 
we went a bit long. Uh, you can join us on the the uh, Lockdown Guardians After Dark, I guess, equivalent, uh, yeah. as we'll continue just a few little bits of chatter. Um, I had a few other minor news points. So thank you for listening, rating and reviewing. Download daily. It helps. We will be back on Tuesday. Make sure you're watching on YouTube and subscribe there as well. And go, go, Guardians. Go.